Welcome to Feats and Fables. Oi, rough night already. <laughs> the fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons stream streaming game just for adventurers like you. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Feats and Fables. If you want to watch us live and chat with our goofy selves, please join us from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitch on Monday nights. I'm Paige Lightman, the DM, and I'd like to welcome you to Aglarond. Aglarond is a peaceful pastoral nation of half-elves. Our heroes are part of the Foresters, an elite group of scouts and rangers charged with defending Aglarond's borders, particularly against undead from the evil fascist nation of Thay. Our heroes are heading towards the Singing Sands, racing the nation of Thay to try and recover an ancient elven artifact. The Red Wizards of Thay wish to warp the artifact to their own evil ends. Currently, the heroes are in the mountains of Eastern Aglarond at a dwarven settlement to seek their aid in finding the shortcut to the Singing Sands. Previously on Feats and Fables, the champions escaped the ogre settlement as the dwarves attacked. Upon their triumphant return to Boulder Hall, the heroes were hailed as clanmates for life, treated to a feast, and given Dwarfencraft armor as a thank you. So let's meet our heroes. Victor Toussaint is a Eldritch Knight Fighter played by Ron Frankie. Did you mention Dwarvencraft armor? I did! I assume you are very excited. Uh, we have Wildfire, a Fire Genasi Evoker Wizard, played by Joe Streaky. Hello. We have Ross, a Lizardfolk Drake Warden Barbarian, played by Coda of Kodab Games. Hello, everyone. We have with us tonight, as a special guest star, Bert, a Bugbear Alchemist, played by Dr. Andrew Wong. Hey, man, I'm just, like, really glad to be here and stuff. This is pretty cool. And we have Belwyn, a Dwarven Paladin, played by Ben Heisler. All right, it's a good thing you all came down to Boulder Hall. We're going to have a great time together. All right, so speaking of having a great time together, uh, the uh, Freya and Brangian Bouldertam had just made queenly gestures, and a whole bunch of Dwarven Smiths uh, came into the feast hall, uh, pushing racks of armor cut to uh, approximate human sizes. Well, Victor will stride forward and uh, start examining a human-sized suit of armor. Tell me what this human-sized suit of armor looks like. It's uh, it's kind of got squared edges. Um, even though it's made for someone the height of Victor, it's got that sort of dwarven feel to it where it seems very solid. It's probably a little thicker than human-make armor would be. Sure. Um, it doesn't have any uh, sigils on it, although it has places for them. Or I, I, Victor's already in his mind hoping he can get some Aglarondian or Forester symbols uh, smithed on there. Is it, uh, is it brass washed? Is it just plain steel? Is it shined to mirror perfection? It is blued steel. Blued steel. Excellent. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, well, as you reach out a hand to it and, and touch it, a magical shift in the entire universe happens and you're all eight level. Eight level. All right, get ready. Eight level dance. Do we still get the armor? Eight level dance. Yeah, eight level dance. <laughs> this feels a lot like our subscriber dance. It, it does, does feel incredibly you know like that. Because you know what? Oh, it's totally different. Happens. You can't stop me. New subscriber. Is Any relationship up. between our our leveling dance and our subscriber dance is purely coincidental. Yeah. Hey man, we gotta dance. We gotta mm. dance. All I right, wonder... so, so what happens to everybody at eighth level? What what fun surprising things are you getting? Paige, I get the best thing ever. Something that the whole group has been hounding me. Literally for for many many levels, and you want, know, know, it's a you want to know what that is? It's a level of monk. Yay! <laughs> Finally, gosh. No, I that gives him a second attack. A fifth level monk, or a fifth level monk. Yay! Yay! That would give me a second attack. I am taking a fifth level ranger, which does in fact give me a second attack. Like that's worth a whole new dance. Woo! Like there are some other things, but they're mostly secondary to the fact that I can now attack twice per round. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give the gratification for something so poorly so managed and so long delayed. <laughs> And I'll give you, I'll raise the roof for you, but that's... that's I'll pretty take pretty it. I'll take it. Alrighty. Uh, so, what else, so you took a level of ranger, you get a second attack, some more spells too, probably? I believe so. In fact, not just more spells, but higher level spells at you that. Know, what, uh, what kind of, you get third level ranger spells? Uh, second, I believe. Uh, so I've got now uh, Pass Without Trace, which I think Ooh. since my bonus actions are already a just highly demanded commodity, I I, I want to lean towards like non-combatant spells just to see how it goes. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, is it Cord Navarro's? That is a spell, yes. You're talking about Swift Quiver, right? Swift Quiver, yeah. No, that that's a good one, but it's also not second level. No, it is soft. You get Silence, which is, you know, poor man's counterspell. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Lesser Restoration, also good. Healing Spirit, very boss. Cool. Animal Messenger could come in real handy. Uh, Ron, what happens to Victor at 8th level? Uh, Victor gets to level eight of the Eldritch Knight Fighter subclass. Mm -hmm. So I I get my first second level spell that is not evocation or abjuration. Mm -hmm. So I decided to take uh, what did I take? Oh yeah, that's right, levitate because uh, it's kind of a cool magical thingy that has a lot of different applications. Sure. Um, you know, like if you, if there's a banana really high, you can just levitate yourself up and get it. You never want to miss a banana. Not when there's always money in the banana stand. Mm -hmm. And, uh, since we learned, or 
since we learned that these rocks that were implanted in Victor's face are related to the Galo Moor, mm -hmm. who are fey creatures, I thought it was appropriate for my level eight, I get a feat. So I took the fey touched feat. Ooh. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, that was my primary consideration. The fact that it gives me the Hunter's Mark spell and the Misty Sep spell um, were, you know, way down the list of reasons I took it. <laughs> Those are really nice, though. <laughs> yes, I'll get to cast them each once for free, and then I can use my spell slots to keep casting them more. So that was, since I got Misty Step from the feet, I didn't feel like I needed to. Otherwise, it probably would have been the spell that I took mm -hmm. uh, at second level. So I'm quite pleased. Plus, you get a point of, would you take, Int? Yeah, I took a point of it. I already had a 13 it, so all of my ability scores are all nice and even, except for my strength, which is 13, but uh, that's okay, because I have my Gauntlets of Ogre power. Yep. Back, I remember the days when they were 18 double out strength. Back. You have your Gauntlets of Overpower back. Yeah, there was a while when I was, you know, not, oh, as, not as strong. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. All arms. Yes. Uh, alrighty. Um, let's see who's next on my list. Ben. Hi. Uh, so as a paladin, Belvin got uh, a ability score bonus, uh, so which I put into strength because now I don't have to worry about strength for forever. Uh, though I'm still hoping for a nice wide championship belt. Um, and then past that, I think I maybe got more spells. But my primary concern was where the ability score bonus was going to go compared to beats. Mm, fair enough. Uh, Joe, what about wildfire? <laughs> Joe is looking. Sorry, at his... the thing made a noise because Kirkosh subscribed, and so I was trying to figure out what that noise was. Kurgosh with the tier one sub. Kurgosh, thank you for the three months. Give me a three K. months. What? Wow, this is like a double dance. It's a level up dance, <laughs> and it's the subscriber dance. Woo! What is even happening anymore? <laughs> uh, good stuff. Thank you, K. Uh, so Wildfire took some more delicious, delicious int, setting his int finally to 20. Yep. And he picked up the spells Summon Construct and Wall of Fire. Summon Construct. Oh, Tasha. Mm -hmm. uh, Andrew, uh, I don't know that Bert is going to be with us very long, but uh, I, I don't even know what happens to a uh, to an 8th level uh, alchemist. Listen, I mean, first of all, Bert's feeling very lucky. Very lucky indeed. Sure. Let's just make that clear. And, um, like, you know, are we talking three times a session lucky? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the kind of, you know, groovy kind of guy that you want to keep around because mm -hmm. he's so damn lucky. Nice. Um, that is a good thing. Like, right? Nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing. Right? That stuff rubs off, let me tell you. Um, and, you know, he's picked up a couple other spells. Uh, I mean, like, aid looks pretty good and uh, maybe something else. So, yeah, we'll see. It's uh, 
Bert's enjoying life. He's yeah. uh, he's just that kind of guy. Uh, that kind of bugbear. And we we may be looking at a transition to a, uh, the the character what was foretold last week. How did how did all the polls come out? Uh, cleric rogue, I thought. They, there was a very like neck and neck cleric rogue with uh oh gosh do i still have it written down i do cleric just inching out in the end by four whole point points <laughs> and that's thanks to you chat uh because uh because i really wanted to be a rogue so i put bits on the holes for the rogue and we solidly outvoted i'm gonna have to learn how to play a cleric it's gonna be amazing i'm excited yeah all right, so that'll be that'll be next week, perhaps. All right, so while this has been a lot of fun dancing, let's go back to where we were when uh, Victor touched the armor. Ding! Yes, but ooh, do we level again? No, no. <laughs> always That's every time. Mean. Just keep touching it. Keep touching it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so as you uh, look at that, one of the dwarves comes over and she says, mm, yeah, that's pretty good armor. My grandma made it. We've been looking for, uh, for a potential buyer for it, but I can't think of anyone nicer for it to go to than you, Sonny. Uh, I tell you what, uh, get directions from one of the dwarves and uh, you come see Lady Ursheld and I will get it fitted to you. Ooh. I appreciate it, good dwarf. I will wear it uh, in the service of Aglaron. Ooh, a good choice. We need all the allies we can get, and it's good to have them uh, on our side. She kind of reaches up and tries to pinch her cheek. I will lean down. You get the impression I would do just about anything for this lady. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why. and you notice, well, some of you notice, well, it's potential that people have noticed that, oh, shit. All right, passive perception and in- passive insight. That just all changed, didn't it? I mean, uh, not really. Uh, well, I mean, you do have two other characters to add in that I'm not yes. sure if you had in there before. So, uh, uh, yeah, so I have taken to heart that uh, nothing good happens out of the paladin seeing anything. Yep. So I have a 10 10. Very nice. It's easy to be a stick in the mud when you don't know what is going on. Uh, Bert. I'm a princess, not a stick in the mud. It's true. Uh, Passive perception, passive invite. Bert's a very chill (laughs) (laughs) 9-9. That is a paladin perception. (laughs) Say high five. Wildfire. Uh, Bruh. 10-10. Uh, Ross, 15-15. I am now a 16 perception and a 16 insight. Wow. Nothing gets past you. Uh, Uh, Victor, 11-11? Yep, 11-11. Okay, so uh, Ross, you get the (laughs) distinct impression that everybody in this room is treating this Lady Urshel with tremendous respect like she 
like she is some sort of village elder shaman. Hmm. Yeah. I shall need to speak with her later and find out if she's got any tips. Um. <laughs> and you know a thing too, but I'm going to send that to you privately. Ooh, a ninja notes. Secrets! Yes. Paige, you can't keep secrets from our viewers. Mm, Keeping awful. them from us is one thing, but think of the viewers. Well, anyone think of the children? Okay. In your Google messages there, I was like, oh, Lord, no. <laughs> I didn't know where I could send it to you that everybody else would see it. Uh, you can whisper and roll 20. Person. You could, uh, Oh, I literally have... hand him a paper note. I mean, like you got lots <laughs> I, of options. I have fucked up the chat commands in Roll Twenty so many times that I am so I, gun shy. I am in the same boat. I have a, I have some characters that I send frequent ninja notes to in other games, and it is always text messages because that way there's zero chance yep. of someone else getting it. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, so Lady Urselt uh, said. Pats uh, Victor on the the knee and says, "Yes, yes, definitely come by. Everybody knows where I am." Uh, anything else you want to do, Victor? Uh, no, I I will take down the directions and um, head there after we finish settling. I think I maybe I could uh, give. Ross, some advice. I believe you were looking at maybe some of the armor, Ross. I mean, did they roll out a bunch of them or just that yeah, one? Like a, no, they rolled out like 20 different suits of armor, and some of it is like leather and studded leather and scale and plate and full plate and barding and like it's it's a a whole mixed bag. You do not see a, like a studded loincloth or anything. Though. I'm just going to start with that. So wait, I mean, um, among the armor, is there barding for goose? Sure. That's weird that they've just got barding specifically for a guard trick, but no, I'll take it. No, this is sure. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was clear. It's clearly barding meant for like. Um, a war dog like a gnome would ride. Mm, sure, sure. Don't take this away from me. That's what Sylvia was getting them to do the whole time. Other Which than... Sylvia <laughs> was getting them to do the whole time. Yes! It's true. It's true. Plus there's something about a tunnel or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Did, uh... So... Go ahead. Oh, I, I didn't know if there's any half plate with, like, uh, swamp symbols all over it or something. Why would I yes. want... Something as heavy as this. I mean, you're the one that spent a significant amount of your formative years training how to use it. Mm. But heavy armor like this, I would sink into the marshes. Not to mention, I would not have the mobility I would need on the battlefield. Wildfire uh, takes a dagger out of his vest and throws it at the half plate and it strikes the half plate and then falls to the ground and wildfire says that's why big 
because you can throw a dagger at me. Is Wildfire going to betray me? Here, I pick up a piece of the half plate. Here, punch my face, and I put the half plate in front of my face. <laughs> I do not want to punch your face. Ugh, you're the worst in armor. Put the armor on, you monster. He really seems kind of wigged out. I'm, I'm glad you didn't punch in the face. I will try it. Only because I have seen Dorvan, or heard of Dorvan armor being better than most. That is generally true. Mm -hmm. Wildfire kind of walks up and down the uh, the armor racks, kind of just like, it's all made of armor, sadly. <laughs> like, he kind of gets to the end of it and says, do you have like... Maybe like a ring or uh, something stylish jewelry, maybe? The uh, dwarven boy standing at the end of it looks at you blankly for a moment. And then it twigs. He's like, oh, I, you're a wizard, right? Yes, I am. And you're the kind of wizard who don't know how to wear armor, right? Gosh, no. Gosh, no. <laughs> Probably every wizard he knows knows how to wear armor. Yeah. I think Wildfire would look lovely in a tiara. <laughs> or a loincloth. Um, <laughs> that too. Who says yeah. I'm not wearing a loincloth under my clothing right now? But would you ever admit it? Only Ross knows for sure. <laughs> Why? Because he has detect loincloth. Or yes, no? he has detect loincloth. I think that's pretty clear. I've learned upsetting things. So I definitely see the tag sticking out the back. Right. So. Exactly. Uh, it's funny that Ross has the highest perception. Now like that's going to be a, a situation for ongoing hilarity. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um. So the dwarf goes over and talks to uh, Queen Freya. She's got red hair and is wearing um, like a heavy copper torque around mm -hmm. her neck. Not the dwarves are not in armor, um, but the the heavy torque is almost like armor, and she has like a big belt with a copper bound book. Uh, uh, strapped to her side. Sure. And the dwarf points at you and then points at the armor and then seems to ask her a bunch of questions. And she says, no, like this, and then leaves. <laughs> I uh, kind of nod to the boy and then step back, allowing my companions to continue admiring the fine armor here. I, so are you guys playing Bert as one of the rescuers? Uh, is one of the heroes, or he's just somebody you rescued on the way, or is he like incidental? Like, how are we? Like, the one wants to know the, where to the, seat everybody. The heroic thing we did was provide cover for the dwarven retreat. Getting rescued from the ogres was not heroic. Fair enough. So Bert is not treated to the to the show and is not. He's not at the head table. He's at one of the side tables. What? No, Dalton is bringing Bert along as. Right. One of the rescuers, like, may not have done the heroic shenanigans that you did out front, but he certainly was involved in getting Belwin out. Okay. I, I was also going to say, Paige, if you remember from last week, I am sticking close to Bert, and now I've 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 kind of drawn on my "Do not kill me, I'm a uh, uh, Forester" badge. Like, I'm with him, 
It just has a little arrow pointing to my left, and then I just try to stay to the right of Bert. Fair enough. enough. Bert, for his part, is sharing his stash with Ross. Who is, uh, at this point, taking it because, because, let's not forget, our dear fallen friend, Mira. Yes. Mm -hmm. So are we saying that, that Ross is, like, high as Dragon Balls at the moment? Yes, maybe. So, and so also drunk. Bert has a sack of like, uh, what can we describe as like butter cookies? That he's and like they're small. I mean, they're small because he he understands how potent everything is, and has been uh, you know handing over a couple, handed over a couple to Ross. <laughs> butter cookies. That's a novel yeah. form I had not thought of. Yeah. Now I want butter cookies. Right. <laughs> Sadly, all we have is a box of Tiff's treats. Uh, we have yes. really good butter cookies from uh, are they from Vietnam? Ooh, Paige, uh, Ross is spending the evening uh, drowning his the lo- the feelings that he feels over the loss of his friend Mira, feelings that he was not ready for and does not know how to healthily cope with. Right, so Ross is processing in an unhealthy way. I mean, he's doing the best he can with the help of his new friend, Bert. Bert's helping. Bert's not at all a qualified therapist, but... (laughs) You get by with a little help from your friends. That's right. He is a sympathetic ear, though. Fair enough. So, uh, about ten minutes later, so this is kind of the... Like, the ceremony part is over, and the dwarves Mm -hmm. are eating, and there's a lot of people moving around to go talk to people. So standing out in the middle with a bunch of plate armor isn't weird. In fact, the dwarves are kind of going around one-to-one to say, oh, I like that one. Oh, look at him work on that one. So it's kind of like they're showing off. <laughs> but in about ten minutes, uh, Queen Freya comes back, and she stomps right up to uh, stomps right up to Wildfire, says, Oi! Right! You're a wizard! Yeah? I am. And you didn't, ha- didn't know how to wear armor? She looks like <laughs> and confused. I'm from the city, the human cities. You understand? Ah, uh, I sure. Um, well, I tell you what. I looked back in some of my old adventuring gear, and I, I wore this for a while uh, while I was training till I, you know, till I got my plate mail. Uh, but uh, but I don't need it anymore, and I'd be pleased if you'd take it. Oh. And she she uh, opens a black pouch mm-hmm. and pulls out a copper ring with a series of bright red sparkly garnets in it Ooh. and says this will do it this was a fine ring it, it's actually a family ring but i could you brought my niece back to me and i'm forever grateful i am most honored thank you queen and uh she thumps you on the back and it's a hell of a thump like <laughs> it's friendly but the woman can she build well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Wildfire staggers at that. He is not the most, uh, you know, bulked, bulked up of individuals. Uh, she she kind of looks at you and says, I, I have a bit of an improvement program I can teach you if you stay here for a while. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe I'll come back. Sadly, we are uh, tasked with some very important uh, goings on now, but perhaps I can return and take you up on that offer. I, well, I'm an abjurator, you know, and, uh, well, well, regardless, hmm. I, I can teach you a few things. Well, and thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. She gives you a charming smile 
and uh, stomps back up to the main table where she continues uh, arguing garrulously with her sister. <laughs> uh, so, did Ross actually choose plate mail? Half plate. Half plate? Like, really, he he went with the recommendation of his commanding officer, which I believe was half plate. Okay, yes. So, Ross, and, what do you do with the current uh, mithril chain shirt that you're wearing? I mean, I, like, I'm probably not wearing it at the dinner. That seems like it'd be rude. Also, uncomfortable. So it is currently probably back in the, the rooms. It's probably in that filthy sock that you keep carrying around. <laughs> sure. I I'll mean, if, if that's where we keep all of our magic items in the, our downtime, then I guess. I mean, I would imagine that we do, since then they're not, it's not possible for them to be stolen since they're always in my pocket. <laughs> also, nobody wants that fucking sock. <laughs> yeah, because they have no idea of its value. It, no idea. Not, I mean, it's it's just a okay. I just described it as a athletic sock. Uh -huh. All the other stuff has come afterwards. Uh huh. A crusty athletic sock. I did mm -hmm. not describe it as such. With uh -huh. with a patch on the heel. I did describe a patch on the heel. with a whole lot of stains. <laughs> I did not describe that. And just a very distinct odor. It it does smell yeah. a little socky. Yes. Most Sock. socks smell pretty socky. Is all I'm saying. Yes. That's the nature of socks, I would imagine. Uh, go ahead, Ron. I'll try and get Ross, um, have him work with a, a dwarf expert armor that can kind of talk him through the pros and cons of, of not being naked in battle. No, let's be fair. Like, Victor. It's kind of like describing color to a blind person. Like, I'm not sure it'll translate. Like, yeah, Victor but, uh, tries to get me into full plate, right? Like, I think we plate. can all agree. Half plate. Half, no, I know you don't know how to do full plate. Otherwise, I'm working your, I'm working you up to I hope if I can get you to enjoy half plate enough, I can get that fighter level. Mm. You. <laughs> well, that actually wouldn't do it, would it? It'd have to be a feat at this point. But yep. Yeah. Still, one can hope. Or you, maybe I'll just have you wear it without proficiency. Uh, like, <laughs> like, you hold the half plate up and, like, doesn't that just look adorable? And I'm just, like, not buying it. No, my actual strategy is to know, is to lean on the fact that Ross respects, like, elders that are respected and good in their craft. So I'm trying to find a, a old and knowledgeable dwarf to <laughs> basically put you in the point where you'd have to either wear the half plate or refuse the dwarf. And oh, I know that oh. Ross refuse an honored elder. I like it. Uh, I like it. So, Ron, have a point of inspiration, sir. Thank you. So, sure enough. Uh, like, Victor, I, I fall prey to your manipulations hook, line, and sinker. Uh, <laughs> like, just, I, I can't. I, you say they've got an Etsy store of their own. <laughs> <laughs> From one small business owner to another. <laughs> they do really care about it. It's like, it's homemade, man. Locally sourced. Organic. Organic. Yeah. GMO free. 
Fine. Not I a guess. single traditional, traditional not a, craftsman. Not a single GMO in any of that plate mail. That is guaranteed. <laughs> so yes, I will. I will end up with some half plate. <laughs> but there is some MMO magically uh, modified, modified organism. organism. Yeah, MMO yeah, yeah. something else entirely different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the I'm just following the, like the letters. It's fine. Victor, they threw in this air freshener for free. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Uh, so the uh, uh, the party continues late into the night. And there's music and song and feats of strength and... Uh, various sorts of dwarven entertainments. You are all encouraged to eat as much food as you can. Um, I, Silvio is sort of the bell of the ball. It seems like everybody knows and loves Silvio here. <laughs> um, so he after... Is, Sorry, he is seated at the high table as well, kind of uh, probably right next to Dormog, who he's been hanging out with anyway. So after about an hour and a half of partying, Wildfire is finished with partying. And goes in <laughs> off to the corner of the, of the the feast hall. He doesn't leave the feast hall. He's not going to be rude, but he kind of makes his way off to the corner with a with a big mug of ale, and then pulls out the sock and begins unloading all the various magical items we found uh, via this very helpful thing. Okay, uh, so if you if if you will recall, and for our, our home audience, so you can recall. Uh, in the last desperate part of the fight, uh, Wildfire and Belwin teleported up to where their gear had been stored and uh, had a wrestling match with a Thayan mage who rapidly noped out of there. It was mage uh, on mage. It was so hot. Yes. Yeah. Mage on mage wrestling and he lost. It. He, he fled the battlefield. Um <laughs> And he had a crate of stuff in his quarters, and Wildfire just basically upended the crate into his bag of holding and grabbed the dude's spellbook as well. Mm -hmm. Just to add uh, insult to injury, I feel. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so uh, the spellbook is... Um, is is an object of power in, its, in and of itself. Sure. It is an arcane grimoire, plus one. Ooh, it mine. belongs to someone named Narlash Nazara. Hmm. And uh, there are various curses pinned on the inside cover to anyone who should take it. Sure, I remove them all one by one. They're just stickers, ultimately. <laughs> so, uh, you gotta pull them very slowly to get them off cleanly. It's, I, I, it's, 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 it's this remove curse. It's really just peeling very, very slowly. Ooh, but Joe, it's definitely those stickers that have that that awful uh, glue on the back that, like, even after you peel it up, it still has, like, yeah, the yeah. crap on no, no, it. Yeah, you peel it up, and then you remove Curse, which does remove the sticker. Oh, that's, that's okay. That's what remove Curse is for in this process. Ah. Fair, fair. Uh, it does have some... It's mostly uh, necromancy spells with some various utility spells mixed in there as well. It does have some weird stuff going on, though. So it actually has an arcane version of Revivify. That's weird. 
which is a Thayan variant of the spell, which you feel like may have certain riders on it, and it will require some time researching it to fully understand them. Yeah, I'm not worried about that right now. Um, sure. Well, I gotta, I'll kind of glance through and get an idea of what spells are inside, and then I'll kind of move on to the next item. So uh, the exciting thing is it does contain a ninth-level spell, and that spell is Time Ravage. Time Ravage? What does Time Ravage do? You should look it up and tell the class. It's hilarious. And by hilarious, I mean terrifying. I'm going to guess that it ravages... So within 90 feet, you select a creature, putting its physical form through devastating rapid aging. The target must make a constitution saving throw or take 10d12 necrotic damage on a failed save, or half as much of a successful save. If the save fails, the target also ages to the point where they only have 30 days left before it dies of old age. In this age state, the target has disadvantage in all attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws, and his, wa- his walking speed is halved. Only a wish spell or greater restoration with, ni- with a ninth level spell slot can end these effects and restore the target to its previous age. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. That is a severe kind of thing for you. It also has a um, a variant of Soul Cage in there that you think also has some interesting riders that will take you some uh, some time sure. to figure out. Cool. What else we got? Uh, uh, rope climbing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there's a sword in there, and it's a weird kind of sword. Mm-hmm. It's. Um, a hilt and then kind of a, a pole and on either side of the pole are sharp serrated teeth hmm. take a nature or arcana check from anybody who feels like making one mostly just joe yeah. who's looking at the stuff i'm too busy getting high well, <laughs> so with the 23 arcana you readily identify these as gold dragon teeth huh um do you do you take a moment to cast the identify spell? Yep. <clears throat> yep, I'm virtually casting lots and lots of identifies. Okay. You you get sort of a, a audience of dwarves around you because they you know they're curious as to what mm-hmm. you do. Um, and they're ooing and eye at some of the work. So this is actually a lucky gold dragon tooth longsword. It hmm. is uh, a plus one weapon that also gives you plus one bonus to ability checks and saving throws. It does require two. Nice, but it's got, but it's definitely not like a metal blade. It's just like gold teeth mounted on either side, like a shark tooth sword. I'll, uh, put, that in, I'll put that in the good pile. Uh, there is a uh, gold, thin gold chain collar. Uh, uh, when you identify it, it is a collar of claws. It gives plus one AC and plus one to hit and damage with natural weapons and plus one saves. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. So we just put that on us, right? Yeah. I, I think uh, Hewitt is going to be rocking an awesome Ooh, new Ooh, that's true. Ooh. That's true. Hewitt, Hewitt would love plus one dam- hit and damage. <laughs> yeah. uh, you find a pearl of power. It Excellent. is a black, oily, colored pearl. Nice. Um, you find a pair of uh, lenses. They have uh, the the lenses itself are black and look like they are completely uh, opaque. Okay. 
and it has uh, leather cowling around the lenses to keep any light from getting towards your eyes. And you identify those as uh, goggles of night. Ooh, goggles of night. Excellent. Uh, you find a ring of resistance. Okay. Um, there is also a sword of life stealing. Hmm. And it hmm. is engraved up and down with undead icons and Thea insignia. I'm sure that's fine. I'm sure that's fine. that one back in the bag. <laughs> that goes in the bad pile. Sure. And then you find a whole chunk of magical arrows. You find some plus ones, a few plus twos, and some that do fire or frost damage. Ooh, excellent. Any currency? Yes. You find uh, about 5,000 GP uh, ver worth of like small gems and trade bars. Like They're all in very high denominations, so it doesn't take up much, uh, much room. Excellent. Sounds and, good. And like I said, you have a, a whole bevy of dwarves there that are like, "Oh, let me look at that," and touching all the things. And yeah, I don't stop them from touching. I keep an I keep an eye really hew it to be more honest. Uh, keeps an eye out for anyone taking anything. But like, how would you notice? I mean, I wouldn't notice. Hewitt would. That's Hewitt's job. Uh, <laughs> I don't do things here. That's Hewitt's job. Fair. Um, excellent, excellent. So I will kind of uh, pack pack everything up. Um, and then kind of having full knowledge of what's inside my bag of holding now, I'll, I'll go back and rejoin my friends. Okay. So, uh, as I said, the party lasts late into the night. Um, I think y'all had wanted to talk to Silvio and catch up about plans for egress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think Belwyn goes off to talk to her Grams. mother, her mother, oh, her Grams, sure. And uh, Silvio strolls up. No, we wanted Belwyn to be part of this. We wanted Belwyn actually to be the primary person talking. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. I'll just go. Ah, oui, bonjour. <laughs> Oi, the fuck's with you and your goat legs? <laughs> like, then we keep going like that until I got tired. Yeah, like he could do that for a while, but we're, we're. I got places to be tonight, so you know. Yeah. I am, I'm I actually know, really but... on board with this uh, one-man show that Ben is about to put Yo. on. Mm. Let's just go into two-person view and then just let him I sadly don't have a two-person brood that is prepared to be Ben and Ben, though, sadly. Paige would go on a break, and I would just be facing one side on my camera, and then... And just roll on over. <laughs> ben understood. If you give me ten minutes, I can probably set it up. Oh, I know. I, I'm sure we could set that up. Uh, Alright, so Sylvia comes around. Not as shit-faced drunk as you might expect. Uh, so, I'm uh, very sorry to hear about uh, Mira's sacrifice. Is, uh, is that what occurred? I, I know that she was lost, uh, but... She uh, uh, gave her life to destroy an evil artifact. That, uh... You know, I would not have expected a consultant to do that, but, uh, you know, I will drink to her. Uh... I will make sure she is... The stories are told to her in the uh, annals of the foresters. Mm -hmm. Are we? 
Uh, and I will make sure that they uh, continue to extol her virtues here in the Dwarven Boulder Hall. Uh, far as uh, continued searching across the river, um, I have uh, discussed quite a bit, uh, mostly about uh, making sure that the armor that you received was going to be fitting for all of you in addition to Goose. Uh, that took a lot of time, um, but uh, I also was able to fit in a little bit uh, about how we would get uh, through the tunnels. Uh, and from there, uh, as I spoke of last time uh, a bit, uh, when you first arrived, uh, they are willing to, especially now that you have returned uh, the princess, uh, they are excited to let us use the tunnels. And by excited, the more is begrudgingly accepting. Um, but uh, also, as I said last time, in order for any of us to use said things, they expect that they'll want we'll come, want to come back through it. They want to have someone to help further relations if this is going to be a thing. Uh, to stay here. Hmm. So are you planning on staying then? Uh, that is up to uh, Mon Capitan. Victor? I mean, you're the... The obvious choice. We'd hate to lose you um, going into the Singing Sands, but, you know. I mean, like, if we're playing that game. <laughs> I mean, you have a bugbear now. This should be perfectly fine. They are well adapted to sandy environments. What game? Is this how I do it? Yes, excellent, Ross. That means you're not it. <laughs> What are we doing? <laughs> I think we're winning at a game, Bert. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, we. So it is. Uh, it is up to you if you would like me to stay here. As I said, uh, you will likely be coming back through the same tunnels. We will see each other up on the far side. I will still be a forester and maintain relations and make sure that you are able to get back. Uh, and if you need other assistance while you're out there. Uh, or if we need to send reinforcements, it would be easiest to have someone here in order to have those communications go back and forth. Very well. I, I'm planning on, when we leave here, I was planning on preparing sending, so I can certainly send you nightly reports, assuming I have the spare slot to, the spell slot to spare. Ah, I will. Um, in addition to that, uh, some of the mages in the Queen's Court have such similar powers, so I can, once I gain information from you, I can request the services to be sent out to Glarendar or wherever it needs to go. I am a little worried that without you, our mission might be in jeopardy with just the three of us. Hmm. I say it's, turning from the captain to uh, Wildfire. I see there are four of you. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, yeah. Goose, Goose is a valuable member. Goose is a valuable member of our group, Goose, yes. But uh, Goose will probably uh, be busy using the artifact detector. Uh, Goose has been training on that, if I understand correctly. <laughs> well, it's five of Hewitt as well, I mean, ultimately. Uh, well, we then be six of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... Um, what say you, bugbear friend? Uh, are you Aglarondian? Let's let's start with that. Uh, 
No. <laughs> well, perhaps we start with uh, something uh, a little uh, smaller stakes. Would you like to receive a stipend in order to travel with these five individuals uh, and provide them aid? Also, while stopping a terrible force of fascist undead, you know, loving fans. Yeah, I don't really have any love for, you know, the kind of messed up things that the ends are doing. Like, I'll. <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll head out with you, but you know, I'm not really like a like a hardcore fighter, so I, I'll I'll definitely travel with you guys. That's just okay. I'm not uh, what you would say a hardcore fighter either. Um, we have enough people that run in and hit their faces up against things uh, <laughs> between our captain and our giant lizard. Uh, Am I still winning? Uh, you are always winning rounds, <laughs> especially when you are running in front of. Me and apparently the bugbear. Uh, and what is your name, Mr. Bugbear? Oh, I'm uh, Bert. Well, short for Bertramek Gork. Ah, all right then, Mr. Gork. Uh, I believe that Wildfire for, potentially has some papers for you to uh, sign as for part of your enlistments. Uh, all right. You don't have any sort of, um, you know, like testing or anything, do you, as part of your process uh we have uh, a bit of testing as to uh if you have a disease or something else that we could cure so that you could be at full fighting form but we do not do a uh, a test on alcoholism or uh recreational substances as i heard you have quite a few we should talk about that after class yeah yeah all right no that that sounds cool then well uh with that said uh the other part was, uh, in addition to wanting one of us to stay here, they want to send a dwarf with you as part of a switcheroo support efforts. Yeah, uh, we can certainly uh, use someone to guide us through the tunnels and and lead us back to the entrance, which I'm sure is so cleverly hidden we could never find it once we leave. Oh, maybe one of the dotty dwarves from that um, flying irregular force that rescued us. <laughs> Seventh Legion, yeah. They seem pretty badass. I mean, whatever whatever the queens are, are willing to give us, I think will be appreciated. Any assistance? Uh, I will talk to them about that, but if you want to uh, speak to them as well, if you have a particular role that you prefer to be filled, uh, then I can arrange an audience uh, with the queens. Tell them that we will need their strongest warriors to thwart the Thaeans. Uh, are we? I will uh, tell them that is uh, what you request. I am sure that that will be no problem, given uh, that you have uh, helped help end the attacks and uh, save the princess. Uh, that seems to have been uh, an excellent way to get yourselves in the Boulder Hall's good graces. And uh, we probably won't need a purveyor of illicit substances, so you can cross any of those dwarves off. <laughs> oh, uh, we, it appears that you have that uh, covered now, so it's an excellent gap in our uh, grouping that is now filled. And we probably don't want a wizard that can wear armor, because it would probably make Wildfire self-conscious. No, I think <laughs> great, that's great for him. He can go wade in, and I'll stay back here. I'm fine. Back here, it's all good. Hmm. I will uh, I will make these requests for you, um, and uh, if there are any hitches, or if uh, the queens would prefer to speak to you directly, I will come forward and uh, let you know this thing. Time is of the essence. I'm not sure how much of a 
lead the Thanes have on us. Um, mm -hmm. I'm I'm certainly nervous the amount of time we spent captured that they have just they are just going to continue getting further and further ahead. Uh, we, but you, uh, we did recover the way to find the artifact, didn't we? I still have the finder, but ho and hopefully the Thane didn't have time to examine it and determine its magic. That is another concern that I have. Uh, copy in his uh, notes or spellbook? I did not find anything in his notes or spellbook, but he certainly might have. Uh, he certainly might have uh, in learned something by just examining the device, dire device directly. Mm. Um, but uh, it's hard to be sure, right? It's as again, it's a there is a chance that he learned something. There's a chance he learned nothing. Even without the device, the Theans would have more manpower and now day's advantage on us. Mm -hmm. uh, we, they do have a, uh, a fort on the other side of the river. Um, in that case, uh, I assume that you'll want to leave uh, first thing tomorrow, uh, in which part I'm, it may be best for you to have an audience with the queens. I would take a little bit of time for me to arrange for things to occur. Very well. Yes, uh, I think that would probably be best. All right. Uh, well, enjoy the rest of the party and rest well, and I will come uh, first thing tomorrow to collect you to uh, introduce and announce you before the queens. Sounds good. I've got a fitting to get to. And I will uh, head down the tunnels. Okay. Um, dwarves, because they are not hung up on daylight cycles when they live in a primarily sub subterranean uh, structure like these do, uh, tend to have odd work schedules. So even though you know the uh, the feast was kind of the end of the day. Uh, you head towards Urshel's workshop, and sure enough, you find her there. Uh, did uh, I would go with you, Victor. Okay. Because I imagine I will also need a fitting for the half plate. Sure. And she is more than capable of fitting the other half plate to you. Even it's not her work, but. Uh, so she gets you up on the stand and starts strapping armor to your body and moving leather straps around. And she is a very pleasant, uh, quite old dwarven woman who, uh, who has a wry sense of humor and says, uh, so you're with the group that, uh, wants to take the, the Northern tunnel, I hear. Yeah, we're hoping to escape the eyes of the Thans, at least for a while. She uh, spits on the ground when you mention the Thetans. I will nod. So you realize, though, that uh, that tunnel is basically a back door into, uh, into Boulder Hall, yes? Yes. Um, we know it's a big ask. We're on a very dire mission, and, you know, we don't we don't know what the queen's decisions will be. Uh, we would understand if we needed to wear blindfolds or. I mean, the bigger like... problem is even as you exit on the northern side, that's no man's land between Thayagleron and Thesk. And uh, if you're spotted, someone could notice where that tunnel is, even if you would 
even if you didn't know where it is, someone else could see it, and then it leaves us uh, another vulnerability. Uh, mm. They've long tried to get past these mountains, and they would love to flood the back tunnels with all sorts of undead. Probably animate our own catacombs against us. Well, we don't ask this casually. Um, the artifact that we are searching for would most likely allow the Thans to penetrate the mystic defenses that have basically kept Aglaron safe from them all these years. And... She narrows her brows. What is this? We don't know exactly, but we know that Aglaron is basically protected by ancient elven magics, and we know that it's an ancient elven artifact. And we know the Thans... We know, all we really know about it is that we know the Thans want it and think it's that useful. Which is the reason for them not to have it. I have been working with the Foresters for merely a short time, but in that time they have shown that they are honorable warriors. I am sure that if Thans were to invade via tunnels or otherwise, that they would be more than happy to answer the call to help defend the tunnels of the dwarves. Oh, I that I'm sure of. The foresters have always been good allies to us. Uh, but once the once the secret is out. Yeah, it might be more practical just to collapse it as we leave. Better safe than sorry. We keep watches there for that particular thing. She she looks at Victor. She spends a few minutes strapping you into the plate mail and moving straps around and getting the leather straps straight tight and changing out one set of buckles for another one that seems to match better. And she says, this is dangerous, huh? <coughs> Wearing armor? No, no, no. Go in, go in to find this. <laughs> Wearing armor is the safest thing you could do. Yeah, like you said, the Sing Sands are no man's land, and if any, it's really Thane territory, if thinly populated by Thans. But um, it's probably the most dangerous thing our our squad's ever done, and we fought a black dragon. Why are you doing it then? Uh, everybody I care about is an Aglaron. If this will keep him safe, it's worth it. Yeah, but why you? Why not let some other unit of foresters do it? We were... Uh, the knowledge of this artifact is something that they didn't want widely disseminated. And we were the group that encountered the Thayan refugees that had the information. So it's just random luck of the draw. But no, personally... Why are you doing something that's so dangerous? Is it solely motivated for love of your family? I... I mean, that's why I'm what a forester. Motivates, what motivates you? I think... Right now, I mean, my, my main motivation is my duty to my foresters. I'm also looking for... The reason I was struck near death and I, someone came by and implanted these gym, I'll call them prosthetics. It, I don't know if it's the best word for them. 
and basically gave me a second lease on, lease on life. And to be quite frank, made me a much more powerful individual. Mm. And um, it might be a coincidence, but in our travels so far towards this artifact, I've already un uncovered more information about them than I had in the entire time prior. So it might be a somewhat selfish reason, but I just feel like I'm getting closer to solving that mystery as well. All right. And I like to kill Thans. <laughs> she snorts in laughter at that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. It's a time-honored tradition. I I was just wondering what would encourage a person to put their own life on the line. Uh, Victor, you and Ross, uh, hang out with Urseld, get your armor fitted, and uh, head out. Yep. Mm-hmm. She says she wants to give it the last going over and polish, and she'll have it by your door in the morning. I'll leave her with examples of Forrester iconography. <laughs> like, oh. it's pretty great because once once Ross gets the armor on, like it is just like <laughs> <laughs> you are. Let, let's not downplay dwarven craftsmanship, hand fitted. To oh, it's not the craftsmanship that's the problem. It's like a cat walking with tinfoil on their paws. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, considering the medium armor you probably trained with was like alligator skulls strapped on with, I don't know. <laughs> fishing line. Fishing line. This should be like butter. Yeah, it, could, mean, it could breathe, though. Also, bold of you to assume that he had much of any training in medium armor before. I, I mean... It says it on his character sheet. It does say it on his character sheet. <laughs> that doesn't mean that there's anything more than a, here, put this on, all right, move around some. Great, you're done. You don't need that anymore. <laughs> it was the half-hour refresher course. Right? Yes. <laughs> Not the 40-hour Haswapper course. It was the 30-minute refresher. Yeah. Bert will hang out you know, with them as they're getting fitted for this armor because he's just kind of fascinated by this whole process. Um, sure. And when she asks why they're doing this, um, Bert will kind of casually slip in there like, oh yeah, and like, you know, one of the things that I thought was pretty neat about, uh, well, this this bunch coming and saving me was like, well, it kind of reminded me of like, when my, my whole family was like enslaved by uh, the hobgoblins up in the mountains. Um, kind of a bad time. You know, they really uh, held their families hostage and made us go, like, raid local villages. Um, until this one day, this whole, like, pretty big pack of, I guess, adventurers, right? Like, that's kind of what you are, even though you're, you're, you're rangers and all, right? But, like, you go out there and you, you do things. Um, anyway, a whole pack of them came up to really just murder us, the whole village. Um, but uh, one of them kind of figured out that... Like it was the hobgoblins, like you know, making us do stuff, and they, uh, they actually, they, they came in and they, they, they freed us. It was, it was crazy. I, we all thought we were gonna die because they really, uh, they set this crazy ambush. I, I can't even go into it because I was, I, I totally, yeah, I was, I was like a kid, so it was just chaos and stuff like that. But uh, you know, ever since then, I, I really. I don't know. I just look, you know, like look out for the people who are trying to help. So it's kind of why I'm hanging out with these dudes. I, that's the truth. And 
as it so happens, it's oft times that the other humanoids in the mountains are less raiders than they appear. Most of them are motivated by simple hunger. Russ will very awkwardly tr- trunch his way over to Bert and kind of put a hand on your shoulder. There are many instances in my tribe's history of adventurers laying waste to the lizard folk clans of my swamps. But I have found in my travels that they are not all as hasty to judge those that look like us. Yeah, that's that's good. I, I'm glad to hear it, man, because, uh, yeah, it's kind of a rough world out there. Give Victor and Wildfire a chance. If you show them that you've got the Forester's best interest in mind, I am sure they will warm up to you in no time. Oh, I mean, I kind of get the feeling they didn't. They kind of declined to leave me in that mud pit, so that was nice. It's a good start. I agree. It wasn't mud. (laughs) What was it? (laughs) Poop. (laughs) It was poop, wasn't it? I got it. I've got some bad news for you, Bert. (laughs) It wasn't mud. It was Georgia Clay. It was awful. Poor choice of material to make a mask out of then. <laughs> uh, Ross kind of gets like this weird grin on his on his snout. <laughs> yes. Alright, so everybody retreats to their rooms and has a pleasant, safe, deep sleep. With no weird dreams. Oh, that's and good. You have a long rest and get all your long resty stuff Ooh, back for the first time wow. in a while. Ooh, long resty stuff. Yes. Um, In the morning, doors are knocked upon, armor's brought in, dwarven breakfast is brought in, or believe breakfast is the most important meal of the day. So it is a a lot of food that is delivered to the common area of y'all's suite. Uh, And uh, Silvio can come in and let them know they have an audience with the queens in an hour. Silvio walks in. Hey, Silvio. Uh, bonjour. Uh, did you all rest well? Indeed. Mm-hmm. Ah, wonderful. Um, you have an audience with the queens uh, in one hour, so you should uh, make sure you don't eat too much and you put on your nicest clothes, and uh, I will lead you there. Excellent. Sounds good. You want a Danish? Ah, no, no, I uh, I already ate. Mm. Uh, Paige. Good. Uh, Paige, before we leave, uh, I will cast a spell. That spell is sending. Okay. Uh, Everybody around fails to counterspell you. Good, good. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, they they, they don't dare, honestly. Um, And it's, so it's two, um, I forget Perrin his name. Alistrara. Yes, Perrin. Perrin Alistrara. Alistrara? Yes. 
right, that guy. Um, <clears throat> and the message yeah. is as follows. Uh, Mira has died, giving her life to destroy the Cauldron of Rebirth. She died honorably. Silvio is staying with dwarves as representative of the Foresters. Okay. You forgot to include, you may respond to this message. <laughs> I was That was all 25 words, my friend. Perrin yeah. is fully aware that he can respond to this message. Uh, he is an adventurer? I mean, like, he can blunder at me if he wants to blunder at me. It's fine. Wait, what? Who, huh? It's fine. <laughs> uh, I think he's a little bit more careful-minded than that. But we'll learn together in just a sec. I can answer... Okay, so now I gotta come up with 25 words. Yep. While you're thinking about that page, Victor, should we wear our new armor to their court? Yeah, if we leave a little early, we should be able to swing by the workshop and see if it's oh, ready. It's outside your door. If we don't leave early, we can probably just pick it up like it's I think, door dash. I mean, dwarves tend to... It, I think it would be it would show her great honor by wearing her gift to the meeting. Here, you help me, Ross. I'll help you. Get okay. used to it. This is going to be our morning from now on. <laughs> Armor delivery, does that mean dwarf staff? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Ross, has, Ross has never put armor on somebody else before. I mean, this is like, you you turn around, I, I, I start at the bottom with the bottom buckle, work my way up. I have faith in you, Ross. Victory. You are very good with leather, though, so I don't think the buckles and stuff are going to throw you. So. And, like, it is fun. Like, look at this detail work. I, I spend equally as much time admiring the detail work on the craftsmanship as I do actually uh, helping you don it. That makes sense. This is pretty gorgeous armor we just got. Did you see the embroidery? Or would it be embroidery on leather? Uh probably embossing? not it's, it's embossing i think is yeah. the right did word did you see the embossing on the leather it's forestry symbols all the way around well that is that's incredible I, man they must have in just that short amount of time although knowing dwarves they might have like a 300 year old forestry symbol <laughs> leather that they just kept in a drawer for this time Yes, the but, armor is, is very impressive for both of you. You look very well in it. Um, Ron, yours armor and uh, Ross's, Victor's armor and Ross's armor not only have uh, forester symbols on them, uh, both of the uh, symbols or both of the sets of armors have a uh, stylized version of a cracked cauldron and the uh, uh, insignia of the uh, Dwarven Army's uh, 7th Legion Special Forces, because that's who you rescued. That's pretty cool. Maybe we should... I don't think we have a unit symbol. Maybe we should take the Cracked Cauldron as our unit symbol. Yeah, I think that would I think that would be a great honor to Mira. I, I love that idea. I think we should do it. Alright, consider it done. <laughs> Oh man, I was really hoping we'd do a mud horn. <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> I'm glad that we decided against that. <laughs> All right. All right. 
We get a sending back from Perrin. Uh, Mira is a hero. Undead attacks continue unabated. Thay is pissed. Return artifact to Sunglade. Elves involved. Sending again soon. Wow. Huh. The uh, foresters have been under near continuous attack from the undead since we've left. Thay is apparently uh, relatively active. Uh, Perrin wants us to take the artifact once we retrieve it to the Sunglade as opposed to back to home base, which is somewhat unusual. And the, the elves are involved in some way in this. So mm -hmm. just as a reminder to people who aren't as steeped in the lore and history of Aglarond. Oh, lore. Yes. Uh, uh, Fortress Blarendar, where the campaign started, is here. Y'all are somewhere about like right here. Uh, just on the kind of northish end of the Strybar Pass. Singing Sands are up here. So Emek is a uh, fortress that used to be Aglarondian, but has been taken over by Thay. Mm -hmm. um, fortress Dantalium is across the river and is in constant battle with it. This is the Sunblade. It sure. is a huge open area of the Yearwood that is sacred to many elves. Did I take you with me? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah hearing, you did. I'm still hearing the music from the other page. It's very weird. <laughs> Roll twenty, you so silly. That's about to say the only music I want to hear out of the page is right here. Aww. <laughs> He's so sweet. Uh, all right. So you are brought to the throne room. Yes, this is the right version. Uh, you are brought to the throne room, and you see Queen's uh, Brangian and Freya, uh, who seem quite pleased to meet you. Um, you are greeted warmly, given uh, additional pints of warm and ale, if you don't have one in hand and want one still. And uh, <laughs> uh, Freya, in her usual bold manner... So both of the queens are... Uh, definitely in late middle age. They, their hair has started to gray, though they still seem to be just as powerful and vibrant as they, they ever were. Um, and Freya comes over in her usual bullish manner and says, so, you want to use the, the tunnels we have running under the river to get to the Singing Sands? The fuck up they, yeah? Indeed. So the problem with that being, if they finds that back tunnel, it's going to be pure bad for the dwarves. Uh, if you do grant us use of it, it might be prudent to simply collapse it after we exit. I hate to do so. It connects into a lot of other things that are important, or so the trade ministers tell me. Hmm. Uh, we don't run a whole lot of trade through there, but we'd like to. We'd like to build tunnels all the way to Gonalgrim, but that's a long ways away. But, having saved Manise, there's not we can refuse ya. Uh, and it, right as she pauses, a courier comes in, pulls Brangian aside, and whispers very excitedly in her ear. Uh, Coda... 
massive. I'm gonna be sending you text message, buddy. Okay. okay. <laughs> Gross. Uh... Ninja, no. So, so, so you've given Mike homework to find his phone page. <laughs> oh, well, if we're at that stage of it, then don't worry. So you hear um, uh, the words they, invasion force, and gnolls. Ooh. The things are invading the gnolls. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sounds good to me. No wonder they're so excited. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Brangie and like beetles are browsed together and says, "We appear to have a delegation visiting us." What sort and of delegation? Gnolls. Apparently. Uh, actually, I'd like your input on this one as well. Come sit up here. And she gestures you to more seats at the up on the the high area of the room where the thrones sure. are. Chunk, 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 chunk. <laughs> okay. It's Rosh, getting smoother. Ross, you don't have to say chunk every time you take a step. Soon Ross will forget that he needs to act awkwardly. Mm. <laughs> it's just, that's mean, just him transitioning into a habituation. It's fine. I mean... Out of all of us, you wake up every morning in scales, so you would think another layer wouldn't throw you that much. You'd think that. But, like, the thing is, that's like telling somebody that when they're fighting with a sunblade, they don't go... <laughs> like, you just can't do it. They have it, to is, it is not it. powered by the sound effects, I guarantee you. Uh, but unless it is, you get me. <laughs> then you get me. It's true. Uh, so a, uh, a cadre of heavily armed and armored dwarves who look about like long-tailed cats in a room full of rocking chairs, uh, stride in, in full battle dress, and, uh, in a, in the middle of their group are two gnolls. Now, before we talk to the gnolls, would you perhaps like to tell the audience about gnolls in the page verse as opposed to <laughs> what they might have read in any monster manuals? Sure, sure, sure. Excellent. I dig this gnoll music. Excellent. Yes, excellent yeah. point, Ron. Uh, you may have a point of inspiration. Uh, so, dear listener, um, gnolls, I would like to point out that Volo, Volothamp Gadarn, author of Volo's Guide to Monsters, is an incompetent boob. Uh, Seconded. Yes, yes. Anybody who's ever met Bolo knows he's an incompetent boob. As and, seen in the hidden season one of our podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes. And uh, while Bolo has written a treatise on what he thinks is going on with gnolls in the Forgotten Realms in Bolo's Guide to Monsters, he's wrong. He's just flat out wrong. He's he's a colonizer and he doesn't know shit. Um. In fact, there are a non-zero number of gnolls trying to find him and give them a piece of their minds. Uh, in the Forgotten Realms, as I see them, there are no evil races because that's racist. We don't do that here. Uh, and to wit, gnolls are not uh, undeniably evil in every respect. In Volo's Guide, they're presented more like sharks, where all they do is they run around and they eat things to fill up their bellies. Crazy. Uh, however, in my version of the Forgotten Realms, 
I prefer to take a more nuanced view of these humanoids, and in fact, all humanoids, so that none of them are considered uh, irredeemably evil. Now, there are certainly things out there that are irredeemably evil, like some undead, demons, devils, infernals, the uh, loths. But humanoid races as a whole can span the whole panoply of alignment options. Is that sufficient, Ron, you think? Yeah, they're not they're not land sharks, basically. They are not. They have their own culture, they have music, they have their own gods. Uh, they are tend to be quite savage, uh, but no more so than tribes of human barbarians. Much like Paige, Ross has a very similar opinion. As lizard folk have been presented as equally brutal. Granted, now that I've been among humans, we are quite brutal. But maybe that is because the humans are just meek. Fair. That is an entirely fair uh, lizard folk viewpoint. So, uh, two gnolls are brought in. They are unarmed. you don't think they probably came that way, but no no knoll is ever truly unarmed. They all still have teeth and claws. And uh, one of them uh, comes forward a bit and it's like all the dwarven spears are like <laughs> at them. And uh, the knoll the stops and uh, takes a knee and in a rough growling voice says, Queens of Boulder Hall, I come to you to ask for aid for my tribe. You can drop a pin in the throne room. Like, nobody's moving. Of all the things that it looks like the queens might have expected the gnolls to say, that's not like in the first 500 choices or so. Uh, Brangian (coughs) clears her throat and says... Um, yes, well, I'm Brangy and Boulder Tam. This is my sister, uh, Freya Boulder Tam. We're the Queens of Boulder Hall. Who, who do I have the pleasure of addressing? The knoll stays on a knee and says, My name's Yafini, and uh, that's Sarish Hall. We're runners from the Wise Sun tribe. And uh, as the gnolls continue to explain, Apparently, the Wise Sun Tribe is one that has been entirely um, moved into Thayan lands. And uh, the Gnolls say that the Thayans have their matriarchs basically held hostage. And that the Wise Sun, among some of the other Gnoll clans, wants to leave Thay and is tired of being used essentially as cannon fodder in their wars. They also point out that they think Thay is gearing up for something serious, and the Nulls want out. Hmm. The uh, the sisters uh, look at each other a moment, and then uh, Freya cuts her eyes towards uh, towards Wildfire. What you think, Wizard? Uh. 
How did you discover they're coming? Uh, they showed up at the front gate and surrendered. Hmm. Uh, I kind of turned gesture to the gnolls. I'm sorry, I did not catch your names. Uh, the one kneeling says, "My name's Yefini, and uh, my uh, my fellow here is Sarathal." Yefini, how many? Uh, how many gnolls? Mm -hmm. mm, the gnoll thinks for a moment. Uh, about a thousand, give or take. I think we should do it. I mean, they would not ask for help from dwarves lightly. They certainly took their hands and their own lives coming here. But what are they asking? For a dwarven army to foray into Thayan lands? With the crossing the river, it would be extraordinarily dangerous. We're hoping to find a place where the clan can move. We need to be out of Thayan territory. And these mountains wouldn't be terrible hunting grounds for us. Oh, I thought they... So you're going to abandon your matriarchs. We're going to try to get them out. They have as much as said that if we can't get them out, that we should leave. Hmm. They'll surely be sacrificed if we do. It's not what we want. How many matriarchs are being held captive? Nine. Uh, obviously, the clan structure has many levels of authority, but those are the nine uh, highest-ranking gnolls among us. The, the knoll who has gotten on a knee to talk to the queens still remains kneeling. Uh, Sarishal, the other one, is uh, just kind of standing there and looks like they're kind of taking it all in. I mean, I think offering them asylum is definitely the right thing to do. It would probably take a while, but Aglaron has a program as well if this is if this would be too many people to live in the dwarven lands um, some of them could probably be moved into Aglarond as well uh Euphini turns their head and kind of cocks an ear at you and says we daren't move into Aglarond we'll be hunted down for skins at that point well there would need to be some diplomacy involved but this man here, and I point at Bross, is a honorable member of the Aglaron Foresters, and uh, he hasn't been killed on site yet. So I think things might be a little bit different than you were told, or you, than you could gather from so far away. We haven't had people in this area uh, either for intelligence or diplomacy in several generations. We know mostly only what Thay tells us. 
then those are probably lies. From what I've seen of the Aglarondians, they are willing to talk. But there will be stipulations of that, you can be assured. If your tribe were to break their rules, there would be fair punishment, but they would offer you refuge, I am sure. Lufini looks over their shoulder at Sarashal, and Sarashal just kind of shrugs. Freya says, ah, look, Brangian, we can maybe set him up against the orcs. Brangian <laughs> thinks about that. That's a damned good idea. How do you feel about orcs? Uh, or or ogres? We're, we're having a bit of an ogre problem. And uh, the other knoll, Sarashal, uh, uh, chuckles in a in a low growl and says, "They can be quite tasty." Noise. Hmm. Well, Victor, if it's any if it's any uh, value, I think we should help. We should help in what way? Communicate with Aglarond. Well, what do you? What do you need? The the gnolls look at each other. That was clearly not one of the questions they were prepared to answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and talk to one of the the matriarchs to get uh to to get full understanding of what she wants, but. We were charged to ask the dwarves if uh, they would uh, object to us moving into the north slopes of these mountains, promising to stay out of their way. And, milady, if you have an ogre problem, we're happy to uh, participate in the solution of that as well. The Dwarven Queens have a quick conference and uh, say, well, we uh, appreciate uh, you coming to ask rather than just showing up with a thousand gnolls on our doorstep because that's a good way to start a war. Uh, let, let's talk about that, shall we? Uh, if, if you'll excuse us for just a moment, um, Commander, see that these gnolls are given... Uh, Food and drink and a place to rest, please. The dwarf uh, pales at the idea of trying to give gnolls what they need to eat, but obediently says nothing and uh, marches the gnolls out. I watch him go longingly for the thought of what that meal might be. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> delicious, delicious meat. So much of it. So the queens take a moment and they're like, and Brangian says, well, that's the damnedest thing i ever seen. Freya said, nope, couldn't have predicted that. That's new. Hmm. You Definitely. really think Aglaron would give him a spot? Officially? It wouldn't be a great spot, but I mean, there's basic, it's basically empty lands south of the wall and west of the, west of the marsh. 
I, there's measuring is out there, yes? We go to the map again. Let's go to the map. The map. So just technically, technically, uh, this land over here, wrong layer. This land over here technically belongs to Thesk. The Thayan border is technically around here. And this part of land in, on maps where they draw things is Aglarons. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In practice, uh, Emic is held by Thay, and this area is pretty heavily patrolled by Thay forces. Sure. But having said that, this area of Aglaron, like south of the, the mountains and north of the Yearwood right here, mm-hmm. there's not much going on. Sure. Are there any other humanoid races uh, or otherwise who live in them, who live kind of at the foothills of the mountains there? Or is it just like... I mean, there's dwarves, orcs, bugbears, sure. hobgoblins, goblins, and giants. Like, the mountains are peopled by various humanoids who uh, sure. could not get along with the people in Aguilar. Sure. Smattering of, of folks. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they'll be very pleased to have a thousand gnolls show up. <laughs> a thousand hungry gnolls. Mm. Yeah. But, um... Uh... What about the mountain range <clears throat> and page? This is just my lack of knowledge on Aglorond. Sure. What about that mountain range south of the Umber Marshes? Like, what what's going on with that territory? So that is technically Aglorondian territory. The River Lapidar is the border between Aglorond. The border drawn on maps between Aglorond and Thay. I mean, we had a a mission that took us into those mountains. I think while we were level two, is that pretty much just wildlands? Yeah, I mean, again, you've got the same smattering of humanoids there, basically pushed out of the civilized areas of um, Aglarond, but uh, both Thay and Aglarond uh, enjoy having these mountains there because it keeps them separated. Right. And much like the offspring, you you got to keep them separated. But, mm. like, the city of Escalant here is a frequent subject of attacks from Thay. And this whole area of Aglarond is very lightly populated because if um, if they is going to start some shit, that is that is a place where they're going to start it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it would be a great rebuff to Thay invading that territory. Bunch of hungry gnolls. <laughs> Just saying. I'm sorry, a bunch of angry hungry gnolls. Well, maybe probably more accurately, a bunch of well-fed angry gnolls, but you know, it's fine. But friendly gnolls. These would be our gnolls, not right. you know, free range gnolls. <laughs> they would eat no less than five thanes per Aglarondian eaten. <laughs> Worth it. I mean that that is probably an appropriate ratio, yes. <laughs> I can just hear it now. <laughs> the invasion has begun. Oh you mean the buffet? <laughs> But I, Unfortunately, Thay uses a lot of undead as shock troops as well, which are not tasty. That's true. Uh, I have seen somebody <sighs> mess up some bones. Well, this is true. This is true. So, th- with the times being so. <laughs> so, fun fact hyenas, and then probably therefore gnolls in my world, 
have white poop because it's all bone material that has been crunched and pooped out. <laughs> Delicious. So with times being so tumultuous, Aglarond would probably like a buffer of a thousand gnolls at basically no cost to themselves to stick somewhere. Or maybe the dwarves will just keep them and use them against the ogres and the orcs. It sounds like they'd be perfectly happy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I mean, the thing is, there's a lot more habitat for a thousand gnolls pretty far to the north, or pretty far to the south, than there is here. Ha having said that, uh, we're happy to put the gnolls between us and the ogres. Right. Well, I mean, we could certainly have Cilio begin working on a repatriation plan, which will probably take a little longer, but we need a place for them to stay in the short term. And if you guys have a place for them to stay in the short term. Silvio probably thought he was just going to be partying with doors and drinking mm -hmm. and, a, and passing some messages. And now, Silvio, you're in charge of a thousand nulls. Major refugee relocation effort. Uh, no, I was... I was born for such things. Just <laughs> imagine all of the paperwork that will be involved. Oh, I wish I could stay. <laughs> you know, I bet those notes instead of me, if you uh, so prefer. I bet those notes those aren't even have personal identification numbers yet. Uh, oh, <laughs> so so good. Uh. <laughs> What's happening here? Wildfire loves paperwork. You know that. I well, know. In fact. Uh, wildfire uh, ends up being the one who just yeah uh so freya says so do you think they'll be able to get their matriarchs out that seems like a pretty large uh problem seems unlikely i mean if they're controlling a thousand gnolls i bet that they have those matriarchs on lockdown probably but uh just to be on the safe side of things i'd rather have a thousand gnolls in my backyard with a strong leadership system than with one that's trying to adjust to an entirely new leadership system and also repatriation. Brangie thinks about it says, oh yeah, that's that's a very wise idea there, Freya. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, pardon, are you proposing that uh, the heroes here before you uh, do something about getting a knowledge arc back? Like, is that, is that where this is going? I mean, our dwarves need to be here because we've got an ogre problem going on. Admittedly, we just took a large bite out of the ogre problem, but I hate leaving Boulder Hall undefended or even lightly defended or lightlier defended in the summer. Once the snows come, it'll be easier, but... And then perhaps we could look at maybe mounting a, some sort of expedition, but I, I hate to to leave even one soldier behind during the summer. And where did they say the matriarchs were being held? They said they. Well, that is just across the river, over by where we are already going. Really, our calls, right? Yeah, let's find out where they're being held first on the map. You want me to call the gnolls back in? I think so. Yeah. I think the more information we have, the better tactical decision we can make. I mean, there's a lot of Thay. Yes. Right, but there's like, a... it might just be across the river Thay, or it might be a million miles Thay. We need to discuss. Be... If they are oh, in yeah. the amount, uh, that is right out. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, wow, if I it think... is a million miles into Thay, there is no way we could do it. 
fact, right. Ross is helping. Okay, Ross. Right. Is helping. Ross understands a million miles is a lot of miles. Mm-hmm. It goes one, two, three, a lot. So, <laughs> and then eventually a million. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It always eventually goes to a million. All right. Hang on a second. I want to do something with the map. Ooh, map. Ooh, okay. things with the map, y'all. Inappropriate map stuff. Gross. Um, I mean, you know what I bet keep the Matrix out for sure? What? One unassuming bugbear. Mm, oh, there you go. <laughs> they have no idea. Maybe this, some is the, up. maybe this is the story of Bert's rise to power among <laughs> Knoll society. <laughs> Nine great Just Noel going on the rampage. Uh, but the problem is, is he is signed in as a contractor. That means that he cannot be sent alone. He has to be part of a group. He has to have a handler with him. So I don't know. That last contractor we had sure acted alone. Ah, uh, Wow. You know what I'm smelling here? A Burt Ross buddy cop movie. I like it. <laughs> I love it. You've got real personal reasons to go into this. <laughs> which one of you is Tango and which one of you is Cash? So? It's, it's so hard. Like, I think I'm the straight laced one of the group and you're just the relaxed one that's just going with it. And that's curious in its own right, actually. Because, <laughs> like, neither of you are old enough to be Murtog, so. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think I'd rate Bert's chances significantly higher without Ross. <laughs> hey, I don't I don't know if you know this yet because we yeah. haven't had to fight anything, but I've got two attacks now. Woo! Exactly Mighty type mission, right? It's like sort of a exil- exfiltration. Requires a light touch. Or perhaps uh, one of you is Crockett and the other one is Tops. Hmm, that's totally possible. You do already have the uh, the drugs for the vice angle, right? It's true, so, it's true. Or who's Starsky and who's Hutch? Yes. Who's yes. smoking? Who's uh... <laughs> mm, mm. Or, or, is Ross Turner Ooh. in Hutch? <laughs> <laughs> We're settled. We're done. We got, that's it, obviously. All right. So, uh, in a few moments, the rules <laughs> are brought back. Um, they do have a somewhat well-fed look about them because they are they are pretty lean coming in. It's okay, Ross. Just go up and waft that. Single tear coming. <laughs> uh, and uh, Euphini once again takes a, a knee before the queens and says, "I am to understand that you have additional questions." Yeah. Our main one is, where are the matriarchs being held? Can you show us on a map? I can. I can. Um, and Euphemia starts uh, very cautiously, like, brings their hands up so everybody can see their hands and goes for a small pouch on a shoulder strap in, in a very, uh, in a way designed to make people not think that they're making sudden moves. And Yafini pulls out a map. I will somewhat sadly get out the Elder Cartographer's Glossography. Ooh. 
I remember I used to constantly be fighting Barry to see which one of us got the <laughs> got the hold it. And now there's no one fighting me for it. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. So uh, the map that you have is very old. So it shows um, not exactly a Paleozoic view of of Aglaron, but one that's that's several editions old. And uh, so this is, if you, you might have to zoom in on it, but this is the River Umber. These are the mountains which you are currently in. Uh, Singing Sands is about right here. They point out that uh, each hex is about 10 miles, for what it's worth. Wait, isn't uh, this Singing Sands northeast of Emic? Yes, you're right. It's more like right here. The mountains are in the wrong place. Uh, they point out that uh, their clan lives in an area about 30 miles east of Nethjet. So over here. Hmm. Definitely that's, in Thayan territory, but definitely in no man's land. That's west of Nethjet. I meant west, clearly. Okay. So how far is the area that they're talking about compared to the Singing Sands where we need to go? So they are from... Like, it sounds like to me we go from, like, here across the river and then either here or here. The scaling is not set up very well on this map, because I just made it. Mm -hmm. Um, But Singing Sands is, like, right... Okay. And we're where now, sorry? We're at the edge. Mm-hmm. Probably like or, right. Like, or more no. importantly, where does the tunnel lead out of? Rather. So well, they're not going to tell the girls that. Well, no, but we can... We can have this discussion once the gnolls are back away, because right. like the big question, at least for me now, admittedly, I'm staying here, so it's great for me. Um, but the question is, does the tunnel let out closer towards where the gnolls are or closer to the singing sands? So because... the dark blue line is the river. <clears throat> so it's not on the way. Nope, it's directly to the east. Yes, to where you are now. Yeah. So where are they they being held? Are they being held, like, I want to get some information from them about, like, where they're being held. Like, what does their encampment look like, in essence, right? I would assume they're being held in in some kind of encampment. Yes, it's uh, (laughs) the ruins of an old city. And uh, there's a a Thayan enchanter named uh, Thazara Shira who uh, keeps the clan matriarchs under her enchantment. Another question, Paige. What is the terrain like in that area? Uh, Savannah. Okay. Kind of kind of rocky. Uh, some areas of sparse grass, some areas of thick grass, a few trees, but not very many. Okay. How appropriate. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's kind of a hard choice, man. I mean, it would be fantastic to, you know, basically steal an entire tribe of gnolls right out from under Thane's Thay's nose and probably, you know, kill a couple powerful Thane's along the along the way, but Are uh, we and uh, get their ships. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean it would be you know our missions has to come first and this isn't a small detour we're talking about. It is a pity we do not know more about the artifact and what would need to be done with it once either side got it. If they need to return it to their kingdom to perform dark magics, there might still be an opportunity to thought that. Well, we know when we find the artifact, we need to bring it to the Sunglade. Hmm. Well, uh, luckily, um, our boss was going to send me another sending to sometime today. He might have further information that may help make this decision. That being said, like, yeah, I mean, d so just so I've adjusted the scale on here and I think it measures about right. So it's about an equal distance. It's a little bit further away. Well, yes, except the gnolls know exactly where they're going. And in the singing sands, you're going to be able to find out where you're going, but it'll take a little bit to get there. Whereas the people from Thay are going to have to wander around like Belloc. Do uh, the gnolls, have the gnolls heard of the, the group of, of Thayans that left? Um, in that direction, right? It's possible they would have traveled that way or th even through their group. Oh, maybe they know something. Uh, so tell tell me what exactly you asked them. Let's go back to back to some more. Uh, have there been any groups of Thay that have headed west out of your city or, or marched nearby your city? How big might they have been within the last 10 day or two? Uh, we have had uh, several groups of Thayans go by. Uh, we, uh, in the past four or five, ten days, we've had uh, a couple go through with uh, larger groups of zombies and skeletons. Hmm. One massively frightening uh, vampire. A big flying thing. Looked like a bat. Hmm. Back in our hushed tones, uh, so they're not to be directly overheard. Um, if we were to infiltrate the Thayan kingdom, it could also present an opportunity to figure out more of what is the plan in the Singing Sands and more about the artifact itself. Uh, we, or at least uh, learn more about the group that is headed to the scene sounds, uh, usually fans. And this is speaking 
partially from experience and partially from a fair amount of reading. Uh, most of the fans are, how do you say, mm, in the common, uh, oh, wait, catty bitches. Uh, <laughs> that surely would know, or rather, I assume would know, uh, hey, Frank is going over to the Singing Sands. I'm going to get him on the way back and steal whatever he's got because I know Frank has this weakness. <laughs> because I am a Trixie fan. And there's nothing better than killing other fans to get power. They have an inspiration point for your. I will send that to Ben next session. That's <laughs> it. Oh my goodness. I have just noticed the time. And with Sylvia's. Hello! <laughs> on our game tonight. Hmm. Guess we'll have to make this decision next time. Oh! Mm. What will happen? All right. What will happen? What will they do? I presented them with side quests that is a substantial benefit to the country that they love. Or will they continue to go directly onto the objective? Who knows? I, I think the chat is shouting for us to split the party page. <laughs> no! Bad Dragon Slayer! No! Weenie, weenie, mo. Okay. No Biscuit Dragon Slayer! And then I can play this character here and a different character there. Alright, Gelatinous Room, I know where that line is from, and uh, you also get a point of inspiration on your next D&D game. Enjoy it. Tell the DM I said so. I mean, I, I think this is the chat's clever way of getting us to uh, stream on more nights. Yeah. I that mean, way, that way we could... Yes. Double up. We could have the Aglaron T team head off to... Sure. Sure, yeah. okay. Like, don't threaten me with a good time. I can just get <laughs> more. Oh, no! Oh, no! No, no, the true enemy for this is scheduling. Like fair, fair. Right. Like that cartoon. Who are we, gamers? What do we want to play? I can't make it Tuesday. I can't make it Saturday. I'm busy every other Thursday. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I guess it's time to say goodbye, chat. I don't mm. want to, but goodbye, chat. Bye, chat. Is, HR, is HR making me do it? I mean, you are you are contractually obligated. To say goodbye, circa 10 o'clock. Okay. Well, thank you, friends, for uh, joining us on this adventure. Please like, follow, and subscribe. Also, super big shout out to anybody who joined us New Year's Eve. Uh, playing trivia on New Year's Eve was actually not as pathetic as I thought it was going to be. It was really a lot of fun. Uh, so I, I think that might even be something we do in non-COVID years. I don't know. <laughs> I dug it. <laughs> uh, thank you, chat, for your inspiration polls and extremely bad advice. I don't know. Chat has a great idea of doing a C team as guest players, and that oh, way, yeah, it wouldn't have to revolve around our already crazy schedule. Sure. sure. <laughs> uh, we love having you with us, chat. You are our light and our inspiration and our reason for being here. Uh, we'd like to thank our listeners and supporters, particularly Coda. Oh my gosh, we've got so many since uh, the the New Year's uh, celebration. But tonight, particularly, thank you to Kurgosh for the three month subscription. Yay! Thank you, Kurgosh. 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 Thank you, Kurgos
you for the bits and everybody that was here tonight watching. We love you all. Be sure to let all your friends know so we can share the love. All right. Please join us next Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time to see what happens next and follow, follow us to, to adventure. adventure. Bye, y'all. Ah. <laughs>